Hello and welcome to another episode of the Diminutive Collection. Christian, we're at episode seven. The weeks are flying by, Karen, aren't they? They really, really are. It is another another early start for us. It is a 6 a.m. start again for this episode on Friday. Um, but yeah, great to see you. Happy, happy Kylie Friday day, whatever that means. <laughs> well, exactly. We're gluttons for punishment and... And uh, last night, um, dear Fanoogs, we had a, a night out. It was my lovely husband's birthday. And Kieran very sensibly went home at his usual time of seven o'clock. He's, he's, like, he's like Cinderella. And if he stays longer than he should, then he'll turn into a pumpkin. Sadly, I stayed all night and I looked like a pumpkin this morning. So uh, it's, it's, not a, it's not a great look, but I uh, had fun. I'm, I'm quite tired now. But um, if there's any gibberish uh, that takes place in this, well, it'll be just like every other week. Yeah, he's more, more so than usual, probably today for us. <laughs> exactly. Um, well, it's kind of been a little bit of a busy week in, in the Kali Annals as well. Like, I'm not, mm. well, the word is out, really. Um, we've got a few articles that came out this week with her in it, which I was quite interested about. Like, there's one from the Daily Mail, so take it or leave it. We know how horrendous that can be sometimes. But there was an article about Kylie um, and how Daddy coped with Kylie's fame, which was. Did you read this? I did. Now- Am I wrong? But I read the story that this came from an interview she did in 2019. Yeah, it was like, yeah they were like digging up old quotes. All right. Which is, yeah, yeah, totally. I, 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 thought, I thought this might have been breaking news. But actually, I think it was because the idiot who wrote this, and I don't know who wrote this, uh, there's a line in the in the article that really, well, shows that she's obviously about 15 years old. And it says, uh, there's a lovely line. Now, let me find that line for you because it's very funny. It says um, something along the lines of Danny, who has since gone to be a singer, who has since gone to be a singer, Danny, who was also a singer. I mean, it was it was almost like they didn't know who Danny was, and oh. that it was the article almost kind of does what what Danny was moaning about that kind of treating her like Kylie's. But what she was saying in the article, I can understand. I mean, it must be so awful to have been going through that period of time, always being compared to Kylie, being referred to as Kylie's sister, in spite of the fact she'd had a career already in Australia. But She was huge. I, say, I said that a couple of times on this podcast. Danny was like a national like icon when she was seven years of age. She was way, way more famous than Kylie. I mean, can you imagine? I mean, it must have been a bit like when Kylie was constantly asked about Madonna, and I guess mm. you know it must. It must. It, but you know, it's, it's all down to the ignorance and uh, lack of imagination of journalists because they'll go for the option that is the easiest thing for them. They'll never think of anything different. And I say this as a journalist because I, one of the things I always did in my time was never ask somebody the most obvious question because you know that they've been asked it yeah. a million times. And what's the point in doing it again? Because you're going to get the same answer or you'll see that, that moment in someone's face when their eyes glaze over and you can imagine them thinking, oh my God, that question again. Or if you're going to ask it, do it in a funny way and leave it until it's a little bit further into the interview. But I feel sorry for these these poor old celebrities, and especially the Minogues, because I mean, I remember doing an interview once and doing a round table with Kylie for her furniture range, and there was this uh, girl there, and she was young, and this was yeah. So when was the furniture range? Maybe this is must have happened ten years ago. Yeah, yeah, that yeah, just after yeah. Aphrodite, I think. So so it was twelve years after spinning around, and you know, I, I was trying to make sure that the questions were kind of fun and something a little bit different, so it wasn't the same old, same old. Then in the middle of the interview, uh, this girl who was twenty twenty one piped up and said, oh, your bum is amazing. Um, <sighs> if your bum was in the Olympics, whose bum would you be? And I just thought, my God, for one, you sound like an imbecile. <laughs> and secondly, what a stupid question. I mean, that was the headline in the, in the newspaper she worked for the next day. She went on to be quite successful in the end, but that's by the by. <laughs> but it was just such a, oh, it was such a great, and you could see everyone around the table going, oh my God, 
that's the question you're going to ask because also it didn't really tell a story it just gave you a funny headline yeah, it was just yeah headline oh, awful awful Clickbait, horrendous yeah. um but what i thought was quite interesting for for this article which was taken from a fame interview from 2019 dennis said that if it wasn't for her feisty character the comparisons would negatively affected her mental health um which i thought was quite interesting because i know dennis can be quite feisty moving on the mirror in the UK, also celebrated Kylie's 33rd birthday, the album Kylie. They celebrated mm. by putting a little bit of an article out, which I thought was quite cool. Because yes, Kylie posted yeah. a picture and then, yeah, they picked it up and did like a great article about the, the anniversary of the album. It was odd because it was like, it was a really nothing story, but mm. I, did quite, I did quite appreciate the fact that they bothered to market. Yeah. Um, but the headline didn't, accept. the headline was something about Cher's It's like wild... Cher's wild album. <laughs> it's like, what? <laughs> It was just, I, I, it just seems absolutely nonsensical. I mean, I know that you're trying to make people think, oh, there must be something exciting in the article, but um, it was just very bizarre. It's uh, very oh. odd. <laughs> Another thing that um, came out, which was quite shocking, I think, is, is say, hey, the forum's closing. Well, I think it's all right now because um, this week, the chap who runs it, I think his name is Neil Reese. He um, posted something about um, how difficult it is to kind of keep the up, sorry, the upkeep of the, the site. And he needed a certain amount of money to do to do that. So he launched a crowdfunder. And in it, he says, due to the large and cumbersome database, which controls the content of the site, which dates back a number of years, hosting choices are limited and costs are now £1,000 for a year paid annually. Um, and, and so anyway, he, I think he was finding it a little bit difficult because it's got so big. So he, he launched this crowdfunder and I think it's already up to £2,000. So I think uh, Say Hey has been saved. Say Hey has been saved. That's is, amazing. Yeah, which is good news because, I mean, that's where I met all my Kylie friends back in the day, back in 1999, um, as we were approaching the launch of um, Light Years. I was on it all the time and I met, met some lovely friends on Say Hey, but a lot of them are still friends to this day. So, I mean, that, that forum is very important. So I'm so glad that Neil's been able to uh, raise enough money to keep it going. I'm pleased as well. That's great news. That's really, mm. really great news. Mm. Let's go to step back in time now, Christian, because oh, it's yes. been a busy week um, in the history of Kylie. So we've spoken a little bit about it already, but Kylie, the first album, is 33 years of age. <laughs> so this is a momentous occasion. Uh, it was it went to number one in the UK, number one in Australia. It was the highest chart position recorded for a female debut at the time. Um, it, when the album hit number one in the UK on the 21st of August, Kylie also became the, fem- the youngest female vocalist to reach that top spot at that time. It was one of the fifth biggest selling albums of the entire 1980s in Britain, biggest one in Australia. It, went, it just was it was the juggernaut. We couldn't, couldn't stop it. Um, it, it. I kind of remember getting this album as well when I was like eight. I got it, I think it was for a Christmas gift, I think. Um, I still listen to this all the time. It's still a classic. It's a little bit dated now, but still a classic with some great, great songs on there. Well, I mean, it was the album that I listened to nonstop when I was, well, I'm a bit older than you, so I can't remember how old I was back then. 1988, so that was, I was 15. Um, and I loved it a lot. And as you know, I loved Turn Into Love mainly mm-hmm. at the time. It's only now, years later, that I do appreciate the B-side more than I did because I always, I, I was kind of resistant to the, to the kind of funk and 
R&B groove that was uh, predominantly on the B side, although I did love that ballad in the, um, I'll Still Be Loving You. I love that. I think that to me was like her Whitney Houston song. Because in a way it is. I'd love to it hear is. that. I think we've said this before. I'd love to hear it with an orchestra. I'd like to hear a really big version of it. Abbey Road's um, version too. It needs to be on Abbey Road's version too. Um, but the album as a whole was really good. I mean, looking back, the A side is actually quite, is the weakest side of me now because the singles... I mean, even though they're obviously the the songs that we loved, they just feel a bit weak in comparison to mm. the B side now. So, um, but it was an amazing album, and obviously it was another PWL album that featured one of these wild hats, as the mirror would describe. And it, I mean that, that that in some ways, I guess that was kind of fashion forward that that hat because I'd never seen it on any human being in my entire life or ever so, since. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> and the thing is, I guess I guess uh, Kylie's hair lent itself to such a flamboyant hat because if you had sleek, fine, floppy hair, it just wouldn't really work. But I mean, with her lovely bushel volumous locks, yes. yeah, exactly. I mean, I mean that hat simply worked. So you know, what? I've never seen anyone wear it since either. So I wonder if that hat. You know, was there only one hat made? <laughs> I don't know. I would have. I would have thought when, when you know when you went and saw the VNA exhibition um, and you saw all Carly's costumes that that hat would have been there. Was it not there? It, no, I don't remember seeing it because it is it, iconic. I mean, in fairness, was was it just a rim? Maybe, maybe it was just. Um, they might have just cut it and put her hair over it, and it kind of um, fell yeah. apart soon after. <laughs> yeah, because I assume. That, that the main hat part was just kind of like cut away. You were just left with this kind of frisbee of, of rim. Um, and then, I don't know, maybe it got tangled in her curls afterwards and then they had to rip it off. <laughs> yeah, totally. Or maybe I wonder where that is. Curls. Yeah, I wonder, I wonder, I wonder if she's kept it. Yeah. Going back, and also this is another important day, because on the 1st of July, 1987, mm. suddenly <gasps> was released. Now, we all know Scott and Charlene and the wedding and... The song, but I didn't realize when I was doing research for this that suddenly was selected by Kylie to use on the show because she thought the lyrics were beautiful. And the song was released on the actual day of the wedding, which is the 1st of July, 1987. Um, And it, yeah, coincided with the release. I went to number two on the Aria single charts, picked to number three in the UK single charts. Um, Yeah, and it was one of Angry Anderson's biggest songs that he's ever released and ever written. And also, uh, I didn't realise they neighbours used suddenly again for another wedding, this time between a character named Ringo Brown who married Donna Friedman, who played by Margot Robbie. I didn't realise that. I think they'd use it again because didn't they just use it about a year ago and there was an explosion somewhere? I think somebody else was getting married. <laughs> and I think they used that. And also recently I heard suddenly being used on something else. So... The song's getting a bit of a resurgence uh, 33 years on, 34 years on. Um, I, I love that song when I heard it's it. It's so great. Yeah, I've got it on vinyl. It's amazing. Well, yeah, I've got, I've got the seven inch somewhere. And I'm, I'm kind of always gutted that Kylie never uh, covered it because I think it would have been quite fun for her to even throw. Have I heard her sing it recently? <laughs> Has she could just sung it a cappella somewhere? Did she didn't do it, it at the anti tour, did she? No. No, 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 I don't think she's that. I'm sure I've seen her do it on something as a kind of, you know, she was, she was talking about it and then sang a little bit of it. Unless it's my imagination. For Nogues out there, if you do remember this or if it's just my imagination, let, let us know because I'm sure I've seen her sing along to it somewhere. But I would love her to do a version because it's a really good song. And mm. um, and you associate it with Kylie, even though it's uh, that big old bald um, galah who's singing it. Um, and by the way, uh, one hit wonder over here. I don't know if he was famous in Australia, but one hit wonder. He had a few hits in Australia, but nothing as big as suddenly. Do you yeah. know what? Oh, oh my God. <gasps> Maybe for like the 40th anniversary of the wedding and stuff, 
Colleen Jason should release suddenly as a duet. <laughs> oh, so what year is that? That's going to be um, 2000. Uh, it'll be in tw- uh, 2027. <laughs> 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, yeah. Well, we in the, at the moment, we're in 2021. We've got six yeah. years left. <sighs> Let's see if we're all still around by then. Yeah, totally. Another mu- mutation could kill us all. Mm. Um, also on the 1st of July, 1993, we had Hits 50 Plus released. So this was the non-stop history of Kylie, 50 plus one, a remix album. So all the songs just running in together. It was released in Japan and the United Kingdom in, in October 93. Um, what else could we say about this album? It's, I, I quite liked it. It was, I, I don't remember seeing this until I came to this country. I didn't know this album existed. Oh. Yes. Yeah, so I loved um, it. I loved the way that the songs were just put together. I loved the first four or five songs there. Mm. The kind of ravey songs over there that kind of lead, lead into it. I mean, some of the edits were a little bit clunky, but there are some that kind of blend into the next song really, really well. And I, I like the fact that you just get excerpts. And I think there's one that got, got um, blah, 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 nothing to lose. I like the way that kind of begins in a very, Oh, I don't know what the, the musical effect is called, but you know when it sounds like, you know, it's uh, sounds like you're shutting down a tunnel. And it doesn't sound like it's, I don't know, what the, you're a musician, you know, you know what it's called. I don't know. An echo? You know where it sounds a little bit like it's not quite, it seems like it's far away and then it gets closer. Mm. I'm sure there's, one, a, there's a musical It might be a technical term, but I can't think of it at six o'clock in the morning. Again, <laughs> if someone can let us know what that is, because we're obviously... Uh, ridiculously dumb but um no I, I loved it it was, it was actually my favorite album because i like the fact that i could listen to all of her album tracks and songs in a very short space of time i loved it um so and i also, oh no obviously oh. Said, this album for me was the first time i heard do you dare oh like, i never heard it before until it was on this album and it's only a short snippet of it but i loved it well, there you go. So you, you, uh, I, mean, I would have been interested to know how they decided on the order of the songs. Yeah, because, oh my God, totally. Because mm, it wasn't in chronological order, but... No. Maybe, maybe BPMs? Would that have played a factor in it? I was listening to um, our old mate um, Steve Anderson's release a podcast now called Such Good Feeling. Oh, and really? Yeah, it's really good. Check it out. It's our um, first episodes with him and Dave Seaman. Um, and he was mentioning that, you know, back in the old days during the DJing sets, you know, you put your songs in, not in like artist order, alphabetical order. It's on the order of BPM. Ah. So I think maybe they did select this um, as, as, you know, as a BPM thing. The other thing I liked about this album is the remix of uh, Celebration at the end. And I mm. hate Celebration. I hate Celebration more than I hate uh, Locomotion either version. Oh no, actually that's that's a lie. I still hate the Australian one. But I hate I hate Locomotion anyway. Celebration I thought was one of the laziest singles she ever released. It was a horrible production and it was really rubbish. But I really like the remix on this because it had something a bit different to it and it sounded sounded like they put some time and effort into producing something. So I quite like this version, although it's not as good as the other remix that's on the B side to was it what kind of fool? So the one that you're referring to on 50 plus one is the, the techno rave remix mm-hmm. and all the tracks on 50 plus one, obviously blended in together, except for this one. This was a whole track. Well, this was the plus one. Yes, it was the plus one. Yes. Yes. Um, Chris Tune <laughs> from all music website praised the album for the focus in Kylie's entire songs and, and catalog pointing that if the public don't aren't bothered by looking at all the individual albums, they just want to get the, they, they want to get their money's worth, just get this early work and, <laughs> Just listen to it because basically it was every single song and a few I, B sides that she I, released. 
I guess in a way it's a bit, a bit of a taste realm, wasn't it? You can have a spool through, and if you kind of like the idea of the songs, you might want to hear them in full. I'm surprised have a picture of all the albums at the end. So if you if you like what you heard today, get the full versions on these albums because that would make a lot of sense. Oh, that's from Marley's Tapas album. I love it. <laughs> oh. All right, now it's time for our Fanoke, and we are going all the way over to Germany to the lovely Ralph, where we're speaking to. So, hey, Ralph. Hello. How are you doing? I'm fine and I'm relaxed and um, I'm very happy to talk to you. We are so happy that you've joined us. Well, I should hope so. We we go way back to many, many years ago. It was in 1999, actually, and Mm. I sent you some photos some some months ago, I think. Yes, I didn't recognise myself. I was thinner. (laughs) So talk us through. Talk us through. How did you guys meet? What, what, What was the story? Well, there was the Selfridges book signing, you know, the the first big Kylie book that was released. And um, well, I took the chance to go there and I was very excited because it was the first time I got to see her in person. And then I was in this very long queue um, inside the building, inside Selfridges, and there was Christian and we talked. (laughs) We talked with each other and with a lot of other guys there. And it was very nice. We were very nervous, of course, and I was very nervous, but we had a great time. And we also talked to William Baker, actually. Was he in the queue as well? <laughs> yeah, he, was, he was just standing there and talking to some friends. And that's the story. And after that, uh, we went to um, drink something somewhere. Yeah, well, I remember at the time I had to go back to this was one of my my very, very sad moments in my Kylie history because I slipped away to Selfridges during my lunch break uh, at work and I was queuing up and then I got a phone call saying, oh, you know, you have to be back uh, within the hour. And so I didn't actually get to uh, get to meet Kylie that day. And Adam, who was uh, who was who was uh, my friend at the time. he was my friend. He um, he took my book for me, got it signed for me. So I had to disappear back to work. But I think I may have come back later on. I, you know, it's almost 20 years ago. I can barely remember a single thing, unfortunately, except how young I looked <laughs> and how old I look now. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. You, Christian, you have the ability to meet people in lines because that's how we first met, the line for the bar. <laughs> I seem to pick people up everywhere I go. So, Rolf, how did you, because obviously Germany, was was Kylie massive in Germany ever since 1988? Obviously you didn't have neighbours, so how did you discover her? Well, we had neighbours, but it came on um, much later on TV. Uh, well, actually the episodes with Kylie started in 1990, and that was the, um, the year I became a fan. I think it was the end of 89 or beginning of 1990 that I first discovered Jason. And um, through my cousin, she had the album and I thought, well, he's a nice guy. And I think I I actually fell in love with Jason. (laughs) (laughs) Who did? Now I know it. And and I thought, who's this girl on this song um, that he's singing with? And she must be nice. Maybe she's his girlfriend or something like that. And then I, well, I recognized uh, or I, I saw that she well, did already some records and uh, sang on some tunes. <laughs> and then a few months later, Better the Devil You Know was released. And then it was, you know, like, I was, I was the biggest fan on earth from that moment on. What, when did you see her live for the first time? Well, that was, that took some time because um, the first 
tour that was planned in Germany that was the Enjoy Yourself tour, but it was cancelled oh. because of very low ticket sales. Oh. At that time, <laughs> even the Madonna Blonde Ambition tour was not very successful here. Wow. And um, I don't know why, but but the, it was cancelled. And um, then the first time I saw her live was, let me think, in 2001 on a night like this tour. And what did you make of that show? That must have been a wonderful culmination of uh, excitement because you must have been waiting so long to see her. It was amazing because um, all the German fans waited so long to see her mm. and you really could feel the atmosphere and that everyone was so excited. And we, well, the concert was in a very small venue here in Cologne and everyone was, well, driving nuts. And uh, it was the best concert I've been to because the small venue and the special feeling there and everyone was so happy to see her. I, yeah, I never felt something like this again. No. Did you get the same show that we had over here where you had the anchor? Was it the same kind no. of show? No, it was a different anchor. Ah. A very smaller version of the show, oh, wow. but it was so great. You know? And obviously you were the, you, you got to hear your Disco Needs You, my favourite song all time which obviously was released in Germany. And that, just tell me about that, just out of interest, because we didn't get that over here. So, yeah, yeah. and I was furious. I was gutted as well, you know, from my Say Hey rantings at the time, but because uh, I was mad for it because it, I didn't understand why it couldn't be released here. Insights hmm. for the song, because I got contact with the EMI manager, the German EMI manager at that time. And he told me the whole story behind oh. that. Mm. But you know, Germany was never afraid of camp music. <laughs> no, um, we love the Pet Shop Boys and the village people and stuff yeah. like that. <laughs> and um, EMI Germany was always a big fan of your disco music. And they wanted to release this as a signal and um, they went through with it. And they originally planned to put a very special B-side on it. Yes, they wanted to have the original recording of Kylie's Dancing Queen as the B-side oh. to your disco needs to. Oh. Which is a perfect idea, I think. It would have been amazing. Rights to it. They couldn't yeah. get the rights. Wow. Uh, no, uh, because with the Olympic thing, you know. And, um, but they were very, they really believed in Kylie and the whole thing and they did everything to make it successful. And the single was successful. It was only, it was not, not so high in the charts, but it was very long in the German charts, you know? It spent weeks and weeks in the top 40. So that was quite good for Kylie at that time. Mm. Yeah. And she, she appeared on lots of programs in Germany because I've, on YouTube, you can see her on the German Top of the Pops. Yeah. And I think she does an acoustic version, doesn't she, on Wetter und Das? I think that's oh, it was at Stefan Raab. It was a yeah. very um, yeah, popular show at that time. And she did this great acoustic version of it, yeah. Mm. And she, that was a very important promotion to the Stefan Raab shows because she went there quite a few times and did very funny things with Stefan Raab. And um, that's why she became, I think she became so big here. At that so at that point, does her success go from being quite, was she successful during the Impossible Princess years or was it well, this album that kind of pushed her? Yeah, um, Impossible Princess was in the, Top 100, the only country in Europe besides the UK. Um, but it wasn't a success, of course, a big success. 
but she was recognized here, which was, yeah. well, the, the big magazines wrote that it was quite a good album and stuff like that, and, uh, but it was no success. But with um, Light Years, it went, with each single, she became more successful. What did you so, think of Impossible Princess? What did you think of that album? <laughs> But I know that Christian is not a big fan, <laughs> but um, I'm a huge fan. It is actually my favorite album. Yeah, yeah, I, it's it's a masterpiece. Yeah, it is, and um, I'm very happy that it's there. And I'm waiting for the vinyl to be released someday. <laughs> what does the album mean to you? Because it has did it come to you at a point in your life where it meant something special to you? I guess so, because. Kylie was quite, well, rebellious and wild at that time. And I was rebellious and wild too, because, you know, it was the time of my coming out. And, uh. and so it really fitted, you know, with my life. And mm. um, so it was the perfect thing. Um, I was always a big fan of, of, of great pop tunes and uh, campy tunes and stuff like that. But I also always had a love for some indie stuff, you know, also like Tori Amos and stuff like that. So I was very happy with that album. Would you want to see Kylie do another experimental album like Impossible Princess? Or do you think now she's got so much success for mainstream with, you know, Golden Disco, she's had lots of success. Would you want to see her do something a little bit different now in the next iteration, what Kylie is going to be? Good question. I guess I don't want her to go that deep again, you know, that experimental, but I would like her to be, for example, a bit more like Robin on the next record, you know, a bit more like melancholic dance, electronic, you know, but not as, let's say as, difficult <laughs> like on yeah a so kind of another version of body language maybe but a more kind of commercially yeah not acceptable body language i wasn't the biggest fan of body language but no. more like you know um i loved for example i loved lost without you and say something and more like that direction and take that a bit further you say that you kind of become it was during your coming out period that you kind of found that album particularly special a lot of uh, kylie fans have Kylie to thank for helping them through their coming out period. Why do you think Kylie uh, speaks to young gay chaps in particular? Yeah. <laughs> Good question again. Um, you know, when I discovered Kylie, I was, I guess, 11 or 12. And um, it, I was, well, I grew up in a very small town and I felt in a very early, in a very early uh, stage of my life that um, it will become quite difficult in this small town. And I already had very dark thoughts in myself, mm. <laughs> and even with 12 years old. And then actually I, I needed to find something very bright and very colorful and very positive, you know? And mm. then there was Kylie, and that was the perfect thing for me. She was this positive person. And I think that is the one thing that people like me and other gay guys um, really connect to. Yeah. Kylie, like a the beacon of light, a beacon of positive light. That's, yeah. yeah. Definitely. Ralph, which, which songs would you have thought should have been a single from her albums that wasn't? Oh, where do I start? Um, I already mentioned 
Lost Without You. I lo loved the golden record, maybe because lyric-wise, it was very close to Impossible Princess. Mm. Um, but, well, let me think. Others, there's so many songs that could have been seen. Else. Oh my God, you were totally right. You're totally right. Golden does have the same sort of thematic themes as Impossible Princess, but kind of just with more kind of catchy grown-up grown yeah. pop songs. God, yeah, and yes. I love that. Yeah. I love that. And, uh, but, but still, in, in pop songs, you know, deep lyrics in perfect pop melodies. And um, what else? Things can only get better is, huh? for example, <laughs> that would have been a perfect single or... Um, you know, the, the Kiss Me Once era was very difficult, especially for a German fan, as you probably know. Um, but I really like the song Fine and Kiss Me Once, of course. The, these two songs should have been singles. Yeah. Why was it a difficult time for Kylie in Germany? Just out of interest in case I've forgotten. <laughs> <laughs> the whole tour was cancelled. Oh, why was it? Because it didn't sell? No, well, that was a part of a problem, but the tour company, the German tour company, mm. got bankrupt. I remember this. And um, all the money with, from the tickets went away with it, and um, all the fans didn't get their money back. Ah. And that was a big damage for Kylie, for the whole brand in Germany. Really? Has yeah. it recovered since then? I hope it has. Well, she has sort of recovered but um, the golden tour was in very small venues so um, you really could feel the damage there oh, really I, I i'm completely oblivious to this but obviously kieran you've heard about that that's a, it must have been quite um quite tough on, um, on kylie as well i guess because i assume it you know it had nothing to do with her in the long run yeah. but, but i guess it, it kind of all she gets caught up in it doesn't she yeah because a lot of fans blamed her for the whole disaster oh, really no. And still, wow. um, still do. Oh, and also the press got it wrong and blamed her partially for it. And it was a very sad time to be a fan. She toured Golden in Germany, didn't she? Yeah. Okay, perfect. So she came back and after got that. Good, good uh, reviews. And uh, it was, of course, it was a great tour. And, uh, and then hopefully we'll hopefully have a disco tour at some yeah. point in 2022. Oh, I think, or even at the end of the year, hopefully, fingers crossed. So sending also that out to the universe because that needs to happen. So, Ralph, um, let's talk about Skip or Miss, The Choice is Yours. Which is her worst song, do you think? Oh, dear. Her worst song. Of course, Shiggy Wiggy. <laughs> oh, I guess we can all agree on that. I don't actually um, mind that song. It's not, yeah, I don't mind it, but yeah. <laughs> but I'm also not very keen on Red Blooded Woman. Oh, because, yeah, because I know it's not a bad song, but uh, I think it was too much trend chasing at that time. You know, it sounded like Destiny's Child mm. or, or Justin Timberlake. And I did not like that because Kylie really does not need that. Um, anything else I can think of now? Um, oh, these two are my problem songs. <laughs> I, I was going to cancel was not great either, but uh, <laughs> I'll get into that. I mean, yeah, for, it's New York City for me and I was going to cancel. It was pretty bad. Okay. Yeah. 
I can understand that. So have, have you met Kylie just the one time then when you had the books? Oh, I met her five times. All right. So tell us about some of your experiences meeting Kylie. Is, is she someone who remembers you? Is she someone who is, is she always friendly? How, how is the, how is the relationship when you meet her again? Yeah. Well, actually once she remembered me, but it's not something I need to have, you know? No, no. Um, but the best I can tell you for one hour now about my experiences meeting her, but um, once I won a meet and greet with her, actually mm -hmm. around Aphrodite uh, that time, and I had 10 or 15 minutes with her in a hotel, and oh, wow. I, well, I took a friend with me, and that was so amazing because she was so friendly, and she was always friendly. She was mm. always the nicest person on earth, even if she had no time. And uh, it was always an amazing experience. And she was funny. She was touchy. She was, she was just perfect. I can't tell you anything else. What'd you talk well, about? Well, um, <laughs> I, I really have to think about that because you you forget so much when you when you meet her afterwards, and uh, you can't remember what happened. But we talked about my vinyls I took with me, uh, she signed my Where's the Feeling vinyl and my Aphrodite vinyl, and she thought that they were in perfect shape. <laughs> <laughs> Round? Even if they are so so old, you know, and um, I asked her for the telephone number from, um, what's his name, one of her dancers, Jason Beitel. She laughed, but uh, she did not give me her, his telephone number. <laughs> And um, stuff like that. And uh, she was the nicest person on earth, really. Oh, that's lovely. Yeah. That's lovely. And, see, and that was a meet and greet at, the, at one of the shows. Yeah, um, no, she was, um, let me think, she had a promotional thing to do here with Get Out of My Way, something like ah. that. And the other time, well, I met her in front of the a t a TV building or something like that. And um, I had a lot of luck, I can tell you. I had a lot of luck meeting her. Who do you think she should do a duet with next? Helena Fischer, anyone from Germany, would you recommend she does a duet with? I hate Helena Fischer with a passion. <laughs> <laughs> Please, I, I always feared that Kylie would be a part of the Helena Fischer Christmas show. You know, every year there's a big Christmas show on TV. You, you start sweating it's like, more, no. <laughs> it's the most embarrassing thing on TV. And all the stars <laughs> go there, you know, like Robbie Williams and everyone. But uh, I hope Kylie will never be a part of that. You know, <laughs> think about it. I'm actually, um, I'm quite happy that she's doing something with Jessie Ware. Mm -hmm. uh, I really like her. I would love a duet with, I already mentioned her, Robin. Um, I would love... Uh, think about it well these two are my choices i don't think um a duet with a very huge star would work because there's always a, a big pressure on it and um you know still a lot of people are talking about a duet with madonna but i don't think it would work these days i, I think she'd be the crutch for madonna because um i don't think madonna madonna wouldn't really these days madonna doesn't seem particularly star power yeah Madonna anymore. She's kind of not the, quite the same anymore. What did you make of the Dua Lipa one? Because that was a weird, a weird release to have. Because it kind of, 
didn't really feature Dua Lipa, and it did, I, I guess because there was no video, and we didn't really. I, I know they performed on, on Dua's show, but um, it kind of seemed to miss out for me because we didn't get that that moment where we saw the two girls performing together. I'd love to see, I'd love to, to see the Brits if the two of them performed on the Brits, but I doubt that's ever going to happen, unfortunately. Yeah. But what did you make of that that uh, collaboration? Mm, well, I really liked Dua Lipa, but I hoped for more with this. Mm. You know, like a performance together or a music video or something like that. That would have been very nice. Mm. But we did not get that. So maybe because of the whole COVID situation or who knows. Um, well, I was just trying to watch, did you watch the Dua Lipa show? Yeah. Because I was still, I was intrigued how Kylie was able to walk through that, that nightclub floor and just throw herself on the decks because it just seemed completely COVID non-friendly. Well, unless they, I can't imagine Kylie having... I suppose she was maybe uh, tested before she went in and then yeah. everyone was tested, I guess. But I assumed everyone had been kind of like quarantined together, but I couldn't imagine Kylie, you know, hanging around with a bunch of uh, 21-year-olds and for two weeks while she was just waiting to see if a COVID test came through. <laughs> but um, I mean, that moment was a great moment. If you saw when she pranced through that crowd, it was an amazing moment. And I remember being so excited to see it. Yeah. Um, and I was really excited to see them do it together. But I, like you say, I wish there had been something else special that came up, you know, for the release itself. If we'd seen some kind of amazing TV performance, even if it had been done in different parts of the world, I just wish we'd seen something exciting like that, especially mm. with that remix. Yeah, I, well, first of all, I like the, the show, the whole Dua Lipa um, mm. show, but for me, it was a bit too, it was a bit cold here and there, I thought. And Kylie broke this moment, you know, like, like <laughs> suddenly there was, something with life in it you know here, here comes that beacon of light again here comes that Kylie <laughs> yeah. Light. yeah and it felt like something genuine and and um fun yeah something fun and yeah, uh, yeah and then suddenly it was over <laughs> <laughs> no I agree yeah because I, I thought the show was a very good to start with then they had that very long bit in in that kind of bedsit area That's right. uh, the whole, yeah because yeah. i liked all the disco stuff the disco stuff is brilliant yeah. and then i thought that she was going to maintain that because it was what was it studio 2054 so you kind of had the impression it's gonna be disco but um uh, do you think it would be lovely to see do you think it's about time that some music channel came up with a uh, modern day divas lineup with maybe kylie and dua lipa and sophie ellis bexter and Ooh. and uh who else who else could be thrown to that list who else is in that ilk i, mean, I suppose you have to throw madonna in yeah celine <laughs> oh no 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 no! she doesn't quit no because she can do disco well i think that she can do disco of course she can do disco oh i know but she's not for me she'll be too busy banging her ribs and i don't really want to see that <laughs> <laughs> while madonna's there kind of crawling onto the stage with a walking stick um <laughs> Actually, it sounds like some OAP tour. So you know, actually, let's take out Dua Lipa and Sylvia Ellis Baxter. We'll do it at two o'clock in the afternoon before bedtime. Maybe it could be Studio Fifty Four Plus, and it could be uh, everyone over fifty four could be. By the time this happens, Kylie would be over fifty four. Uh, that's another, another idea. I put that on my list of things that Kylie should do at some point in her career. Oh gosh, Rolf, but, um, what, what do you think about Kylie's fans? You know, in general, what do you think about them? Hmm. Well, most of the fans, I think, are very nice. Uh, <laughs> the funny thing is that I think most fans, well, they have a lot of things in common. You know, like we already talked about, um, the search for the ray of light in their life, you know, and uh, 
sometimes I think a lot of fans have something very melancholic inside themselves. And, um, and I have to say it, a lot of fans, sometimes I think a lot of fans are a bit lonely. Oh. And um, that's what I discovered, you know, or what mm. I um, saw in them. And um, that's why they are such big Kylie fans, you know, because they bring the ray of light. And that's, well, well, that's an interesting take on it, that some could be lonely. And I guess, I mean, years and years ago, when we were on Say Hey, uh, which is now 21 years ago, I think, or 22 years ago, when I kind of first joined Say Hey in the lead up to, um, I don't know, it's probably longer. But um, it was a great forum to bring people together and it brought people internationally together because obviously we were speaking and, you know, in some ways Kylie does bring a community of people together and that's a very, very positive thing. Yeah. And that's, um, I think that changed on Say Hey at the moment or in the last few years because some, there are some fans that are very angry in some <laughs> ways. And um, the problem is with the Kylie fans nowadays you know, we have three types of fans. We have the more like indie, indie fans, you know, they're fans of Impossible Princes and really want the deep stuff. We have the pop fans and, um, you know, the pop fans from the early times, you know, Stock Aiden Waterman and stuff. And we have the, well, the, let's say the fans from 2001 onwards. And um, everyone has a very different view on Kylie and what she, what she should do next. Mm. And that's sometimes, sometimes that collides on the phone. Yeah. You know. We're all allowed to have our opinions because we're all Kylie fans. And we've kind of noticed with the podcast as well that sometimes, obviously, Kieran and I have very, very differing views. Um, and, you know, sometimes I might not like certain things, but obviously I have the gen the, the general love for Kylie. That's why I'm a massive Kylie fan, I, I, but I don't have to like everything. And back in the day when I was on Say Hey, I remember there was such a lot of criticism. And I remember uh, somebody wanted to hang drawn quarter me for something I'd said, which I thought was a little, an, ex an extreme um, reaction to something I'd said. But I've noticed actually these days people are a lot more a little more willing to take people's opinions on on board i mean people do disagree with us and uh but no one's been a, no one's been offensive we haven't been um cancelled yet or we haven't been um savaged by anyone so I, I don't know i guess most of us have all grown up because back in the day we were in our 20s and now we're you know we're elderly men in our <clears throat> mid 40s i wonder if that's the way the society is now with the younger fans obviously kylie fans are very you know across loads of age demographics but the majority i would say are probably what 30 plus who aren't really in that woke cancel culture who've kind of it's bypassed could that could potentially be it right yeah i i think perhaps people i mean when people are young and they're ferociously into an artist i think they're so defensive i mean actually i i tell a lie you still see it sometimes on some of the facebook forums and you do see people get quite argumentative over certain issues that people are talking about um, and it is passion, and you have to admire that. But then when passion turns into abuse, and when that turns into kind of hurtful comments, or you're kind of being mean to someone, that's not particularly fair. And um, yeah. But I, I like to think overall, I mean, as I said, we've had great responses from people, even if people disagree with me and, you know, this, you, you're talking nonsense. It's been done with a little bit of respect. And I think that's quite a nice, uh, it's a nice change from being, uh, you know, <laughs> years ago being uh, people wanting to murder me and hang me for a tree in Soho Square, which I always thought was funny at the time. Looking back, perhaps not quite so funny. <laughs> I think uh, some of them took 
too seriously, you know. <laughs> and um, the thing is about being a Kylie fan, it should always be fun. And, you know, mm. it really gives us something for our life. And I'm very thankful for being a Kylie fan and um, having discovered her. And that we should always keep in mind. Are you a collector, a Kylie collector? Yes, I was a very big collector in my, let's say, teens and 20s. But um, nowadays I still buy stuff and I still buy some um, versions of the new album, um, but not as, yeah, uh, not so much more uh, these days like 10 or 20 years ago. Mm. What do you make of people like Kieran who buy about 15,000 <laughs> copies of <laughs> one album? I, I think I think oh, I've 18 okay. copies of Disco. <laughs> I have, I think I have like seven. <laughs> but um, I think it's totally fine. If, if, if it makes you happy, then go for it. Amazing. Yeah. Oh, Ralph, thank you so much for joining us. You've been an absolute star. We're so thankful you came on the podcast and shared your stories. Thank you so much. It was my pleasure. Thank you for having me. Oh, it was so, lovely. Thank you very much. So I can't believe you, you knew him before, Christian. That is amazing. I know, it's lovely. I mean, I wish I could remember it in much more detail, but unfortunately, my I'm so old now, it feels like a fantasy. But yes, I remember us all being in a group. It was a Say Hey group. And uh, it was really lovely to, to meet all these faces, especially uh, Ralph, because he was not from here. So um, it was really nice to see international stars. International stars, international fans. <laughs> well, Ralph is a star now, he's a Fanog. Well, exactly. You're, a, you're in the Fanog Hall of Fame. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, it was, it was lovely and it was a great day. And, you know, he, he's brought back some lovely memories. It was lovely to change with Ralph. He, I think I probably haven't had as long a conversation with him until now. So um, it was really good fun and I really enjoyed uh, uh, chatting to him. He was a lovely man. Did you speak to William Baker? Do you remember this at all? Or was no. it? No, <laughs> I have no memory. I mean, I was probably such a wuss back then because I was so quiet and shy that I would always lurk behind all the people. Because I remember going to um, to the book lodge with my friend Adam, who I always refer to as Handsome Adam. And if he's listening to this, I'm, I apologise. Um, uh, and so I was always kind of uh, hiding in the shadow a little bit because I was a little bit shy. Although I was feisty, but I was shy when it came to meeting people. So, uh, you know, I was an awkward looking thing when I was uh, that age. So I like to lurk behind prettier people. It's always the best way. <laughs> I thought it was quite interesting as well that Neighbours didn't start in Germany until 1990. So obviously Kylie Fever was a little bit delayed there. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think we were lucky over here. I mean, obviously you Australians had it first, but we were very lucky to have uh, Neighbours. That daytime schedule really worked for, for people because we had Sunset Beach on ITV. At the, that, was that, the, that was the ITV kind of uh, rival at that point before Home and Away. <laughs> Oh, God. Okay. And one final thing from that interview, which I need to point out, is that when you mentioned Studio 54 Plus, <laughs> it needs to happen. <laughs> By having Kylie, Celine, and these older women oh, do yeah. a show together. <laughs> wow. Yes, wouldn't it be a good idea? All those old divas, you know, on their walkers. It would be absolutely brilliant. It'd be really, I'd love to see stuff like that. These are, these are the legends that do pull in the crowds and I just think it'd be amazing. 
So if you want to join us as a Fanog or want to get in touch, please do at the Kylie Smiley podcast at gmail.com or hit us up on Instagram at the diminutive collection because we love hearing your messages. And if you've emailed about um, becoming a Fanog, please bear with us because you've, you've sort of inundated us with requests. So we're slowly working through them. So just be patient. We'll get back to you as soon as possible and um, can't wait to speak to you all soon. Um, so that's it for this week, Christian. Oh, it's over so soon. I might go back to bed now for a little bit. Yeah, I think I will as well. Um, Thanks, guys. I'll speak to you later. See ya. Bye-bye.